the shop. In comes the old Louie, all dressed up in his overcoat, snowing, wind blowing around outside again. That was typical in Chicago. <laughs> Louie comes in, takes out a gun, says, here, ready, take this, hide it. They're coming looking for me. I remember what Nancy Mike had told me, with the gun and the fingerprints. And I just opened one of the central drawers, and I said, here, Louie, put it in here. Louie stopped, looked at me, smiled, and said, you're wise. Put the gun back in his pocket, and out he went. I said, Louie, my wife is having a baby back in New York. I 
that I should be there. So I'm going to go home for a while, and I'll be back. I, I said, I thank you very much for the opportunity, and it's been a great, great experience. He said, you're a, you're a good man, Ed. You're welcome here anytime. He said, here's my business. Here's my card. It's got my home number on it. He said, if ever you need me, just give me a call. He said, come on in my office. I'll get you your money. I said, great, thank you. So he gave me my money. I said goodbye to everybody on the street. The fat kid said he hoped he would run into me again. I said, yeah, you keep in touch. I said, I got your number here. Where to write to you? Here's my address at home in New York. Write to me, stay in touch. Here's my phone number. And I, and I said, I'll see everybody. Got in my car. And started the long ride home to New York. On my way home, I'm in the mountains around the Pittsburgh area, and I'm listening to the weather report. They're saying snow, big blizzard coming. And I keep saying to myself, I should get off the road. It's getting late. It's dark. I should get off the road, get a motel, and start out fresh in the morning. But being in a hurry to get home, I say, well, I drive another hour or two. Next thing you know, here's this blizzard. Snow is blowing around. It's terrible. Can't see in front of you. I said, well, next exit, I'm going to get off and get a motel. This is getting too hard to see. Now I'm coming down this big mountain, and I'm pumping my brakes, and the brakes ain't working good, and the car is skidding. And down at the end of this hill, this mountain, there's a truck in the middle of the road stopped. He's stuck there. So I'm coming down, and I'm pumping the brakes, and my car ain't stopping. So I say to myself, I better aim my car right dead center for this truck. Maybe my bumper will, will stop me. And I'm coming down the, the mountain, and my car slides and slides right under this big truck. It, the truck cut the roof of my car right off. It sheared right off. I, I just laid down on the seat and, and slid under the truck. My car comes to a stop under there. And I hear the, the truck driver holler, Are you all right in there? I said, Yeah. I look up. I mean, this truck is right on top of my car. I said, but get me out of here. He said, all right, just remain calm. Tow truck's on its way. We'll get you out of there. The tow truck pulls my car out, and I just look at it. And everybody is saying to me, Jesus, you're lucky to be alive. And I'm saying, Jesus, I know that. Look at this fucking car. The top is cut right off it. So the tow truck company gives me their card. They tell me they're taking their, my car to the Plymouth dealer. And they give me their address and phone number and everything. The police drive me to a motel. The walking distance of this motel is a nice diner. But the snow is pretty deep by now. It's a blizzard out there. But I walk 
walk to the, to the diner, get myself something to eat, go back into the motel, just count my blessings. What a motel this was. Jeez, I wish I had a girl there with me now. They had a great big shower. Six, 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 seven, eight people around in the shower. All grass and clothes. It was a sex, sex, ideal paradise. But I'm here alone. I had to stay there. I'm going to guess and say about a week. Waiting for the, for the car dealership to get parts they needed to put my car back together. Parts had to come from Detroit, I guess. Anyway, I had to hang around and wait for them to finish up my car. They finish it up, and I head back to New York. I tell my father all about the experiences I had in Chicago. The tattooers I met, and my friend, he went on to Hawaii. He's going to call me, and hopefully I'll go back to Hawaii with him. In the meantime, I said I'm probably going to look around here and see if I can find a place open in Long Island in Nassau County, where tattooing is so legal. So I decide I'm gonna look around in Hempstead. I didn't find a store in Hempstead. Hempstead is a pretty busy town in Long Island, and I figured that would be a good spot. But I found an office, and I thought, well, I'll open in this office. I'll put an ad in the local newspapers and I'll take this office, it was on the second floor. I bring my equipment down, it was very nice, nice office, nice carpeted rugs. And I petition off a little spot where I'm going to do the tattooing. I hang my pictures up. It, it was a very nice looking tattoo shop, but nobody knew it was there. So I put a couple ads in a couple of local newspapers. And I, and I go and I sit in my office and every once in a while I get a customer at home just from my, my word of mouth and my, my, my own advertising. And I bring them to this office and tattoo them. But I was going nowhere fast. And my friend Tony the Pirate, he gives me a ring one day. He said, how you doing with that office? I said, not so good. He says, how about if we go to Camden, New Jersey? He said, Sam already moved over there, you know, from, from Philadelphia. He said, and it's only 16, the age limit to get tattooed in Camden. Tony knew all about New Jersey being from New Jersey. He says, I think we could go there and open the shop and do pretty good. We found a great big store. It was across the street, down about a block from Sarah Reddy's location. It wasn't the best location in town, but it was the only thing available. So we take that building, and we had a lot of work ahead of us to make this into a tattoo shop. It was a big building, had a second floor with apartments on the second floor, kitchens and bathrooms. Tony's wife was pregnant at the time. Tony didn't have a lot of money. So I I put it to Bill mostly. And I got some furniture. 
kitchen for the second floor, and we had a place to stay while we're building this place. And we were building it, and there's a lot of work ahead of us. So we started with the front windows, putting displays in the windows, painting half the window from the ground up, halfway up, painting it black. It was a very nice looking window. Had our signs in there tattooing. Had a sign painted out front, threw the place up nice. And then my father gives me a ring. He says, you got a couple of phone calls here from your friend Tommy. He wants to talk to you in Hawaii. So I leave Tony the pirate with enough money to feed him and his wife and continue building the place up, fix up the place for a tattoo shop. I said, I'm going back to New York for a couple of days. I'll be back in a few days. I go home to New York and I, I get a phone call from Tommy and his newfound girlfriend over in Hawaii. And she's flirting with me on the phone, telling me, oh, I should come there. She'll fix me up with lots of girls. The weather is warm. Business is good. I should come there right away. And I get very excited about that. My father now being a great sheet metal man, he builds me a sheet metal trunk, a beautiful big trunk made out of sheet metal with a nice lid in the head. You put a lock on it. I said, thanks, Dad. I said, I'm going back to the Camden and see how we get this place open. I'll keep Hawaii on my back burner. I drive back to Camden. It's only an hour's ride. And right away, I could see something was wrong. The one front window had a big crack in it. I go inside. No Tommy, no Tony around. I, I figure out. Sailor Eddie probably paid him off. He was known for doing things like that. And Tony probably skipped that. So I, I start a building the tattoo shop there. They're pretty disgusted. I look at all the work I had of me yet. The place ain't even near, looking like a tattoo shop. I was playing with the little girl down the street that worked in a drugstore. She comes by and she tells me that Sarah Eddie gave, gave Tony and his wife some money to leave town. I said, yeah, I figured that's what happened. So, I said to myself, you know, I'm just going to write this off as a loss, and I'm going back to, to New York.